It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Locked On Podcast Network and Bet Online present NFL Key Predictions. The local team experts of Locked On NFL give you the inside knowledge on the biggest games of the week and betting advice from the field's leading experts. You are Locked On NFL Key Predictions. Hey everyone and welcome into NFL Key Predictions. I'm Jordan Black. Week four is here. We've got a fresh slate of games from around the NFL for you. The undefeated list was cut down from six to just two and the NFL landscape remains wide open. The surprising 2-1 and one Jaguars will take on the undefeated Eagles while the Chiefs and Bucks revisit a Super Bowl matchup from a couple years ago. We kick things off with the Ravens and Bills. Lamar Jackson leads the league with 10 touchdown passes, and Josh Allen ranks right behind him at second with nine. Those two were the only players in the NFL's 103-year history to reach both nine touchdown passes and 100 rushing yards over their first three games of a season. They're also two of just four QBs in the NFL's history to record at least 20 rushing touchdowns and 90 or more touchdown passes over their first 61 NFL games. This season, the Ravens lead the NFL with 33 points per game, while the Bills' defense has allowed the league's fewest yards per game at 214. Now here's Joe Marino from Locked on Bills with Kevin O'Striker from Locked on Ravens. But I like what this Bills offense has against a Ravens defense that has a lot to prove. I like what the Bills have on defense stylistically, that they naturally don't have to reinvent how they play defense to go up against Baltimore. Again, Lamar Jackson's the X factor. I like the Bills coming into this game. Awful loss with the, with what they have. I have a 31-26 Buffalo. Yeah, I mean, I think for Baltimore, if they have if they're gonna have to have a chance to win this game, it's gonna have to be about one the adjustments they can make throughout the game if things aren't going well. I think that we've seen some good and some bad in that from both the offense and defense. I think offensively, I've been actually kind of impressed with Greg Roman and his adjustments so far. I think that a lot of people coming in the year and and honestly dating back a while now, Greg Roman's been one of the hottest topics in Baltimore about should he be the offensive coordinator? Is he good enough to, to lead an offense with Lamar Jackson? Well, look, I give him credit because while everybody thought, myself included, that this run game would be carrying this Ravens offense based off the personnel decisions they made in the offseason, it's been the pass game that's been putting the team on their back and carrying it. And we have seen the adjustments, for example, with Daniel Falele in the in the Patriots game. He struggled early on, gave up two early sacks to Dietrich Wise, wasn't getting out of his stance fluidly, and Wise was beating him on the edge. We saw adjustments by Roman to get him help. We, we saw adjustments throughout the game there, but then on the opposite side of things, you see some issues with Mike McDonald's defense early where against the Patriots, a drive that really should have ended in no points for the Patriots. They have 43 seconds to, or 40, 43 yards. They go 43 yards in 30 seconds to get a field goal at the end of the half. They're getting gashed a little bit. And you're right. You know, a team with Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, it's not a team with, you know, Mac Jones or, or with Tua or with even the Joe Flacco, who is still elite in Baltimore, by the way. But I do <laughs> think that what you're looking at here 
is they're going to have to take advantage of a Bills secondary that, again, we don't know. Right? We're talking here on Crossover Thursday, Joe. We don't know who's going to be available for Baltimore or Buffalo when it comes to Sunday at 1 p.m. So if Buffalo can get some guys back, that's a good omen for them. I still think this is going to be a very high-scoring game, and I, and I agree in the fact that I do think Lamar Jackson is the X factor. And what we have seen from him so far, I personally think he has put himself at the forefront of an MVP conversation that includes Josh Allen and includes Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes and some of those players. And if he can play like an MVP once again on Sunday, that could be the turning point for them. Usually in a close game, I do pick the Ravens because of the Justin Tucker effect, and and that's where I go. But I'm going to pick the Bills in this one. I think it's a 34-30 to Buffalo win in a game that I – don't get me wrong. I think Baltimore, there are plenty of avenues on to win this game. But I think the the Bills, and you talked about it, are one week ahead of where the Ravens were last week. So what I mean by that is the the Ravens had that loss to Miami, kind of the what the the heck just happened here, Mm -hmm. how did this happen, and they came out against New England. And again, I think they were motivated. They had that. Not that they're not going to be motivated for this game, but the the Dolphins beat the Bills in week three. And so it's like the Ravens had the week two to week three motivation. The the Bills had that week three to week four motivation. But I think Baltimore will get up for this game. I think they usually do against Buffalo. But I think the Bills do end up taking this one 34-30. to Joe, do you have any final thoughts on this game? Any other X factors you have? Maybe one underrated player on the Bills, Ravens fans to look out for? Well, um, I, I think we see it similar. I, I will say that. I didn't know that we would. Um, and, and we know that the talent that Baltimore has on defense is good enough, right? Like, I know that those guys haven't played together this year. It's about getting guys back in that secondary. And, and they're certainly capable of playing so much better, right? And they've got players up front. And they got speed on the second level. It just hasn't come together yet. It's going to happen at some point this year. Is it going to be week four against the bills and and this offense and all the points and yards that they're able to produce. You know, I know that doesn't quite answer your question, but as I kind of lean into the Baltimore side and I try to find that script there, there's no script. We have to talk about with Lamar Jackson, the offense, they're fully capable of scoring and scoring at will. It's can the defense come together. Right. And and so far they, they just leave a lot, a lot of questions. And and again, some point it will, I think they're going to win the North. You know, this might be a playoff, rematch at some point um but early on i just haven't seen it yet from the ravens defense and doesn't sound like you have either yeah it's been you know we've seen some miscommunications a missed tackle here and there definitely the gashing plays and you know you you have a player like justin houston who out of necessity because of the ravens being so injured at outside linebacker having to play so many snaps and what happens he gets injured in week three. Clays Campbell is playing too many snaps. And you have Michael Pierce go down. What's that going to look like? So, look, I agree. I think the Ravens defense, by the end of the year, Joe, if we're talking again yeah. in January, I think our, the conversation will be, look, they had the early season struggles, but they figured it out late. And they have too much. I mean, look, the safety room itself with Marcus Williams, Powell Hamilton, Chuck Clark, and all those guys, the secondary, by that point, Marcus Peters would be fully back, at, at least I'd like to hope to believe, and also Marlon Humphrey and some of the other front seven players. They do have that talent, but I do think they have to figure it out. They have to work Marcus Peters back in and get him back to – feeling confident again. And I think he does look a a lot more confident out there than he did in week two against Miami. He had that interception in week three. But I think when you're talking about this defense, there are questions to be answered. Is Mike McDonald going to be fully adjusted in week four to the NFL game? I I don't think the answer is yes right now. I think when you're talking about later in the year, then I think the answer is going to be absolutely yes. We've seen a a couple of growing pains with Mike McDonald. Again, I think Baltimore can win this game. There are avenues to do it if they can shut down Josh Allen, which is very hard to do. It's like it's hard to shut down Lamar Jackson. Two hard things to do 
if they can take advantage of maybe a Bills secondary that is missing some players. You talked about Jordan Phillips a little bit. Maybe an Oliver doesn't suit up. I don't know. I think at the end of the day, though, Buffalo will win this game. And I think it again, it will be the game of the week here. And I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. Bet Online has the coverage lines ahead of this matchup. This is Bet Online All Access. It's the Bills and Ravens in a marquee matchup this Sunday. Here's Drew Butler, Anthony Becht, and Jonathan Casillas. Two of the best teams in the AFC clash this weekend. The Buffalo Bills head to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. Anthony, the Ravens are three-and-a-half-point home dogs. Yeah, surprising loss by the Bills last week. At the, the fleet, it really back end for them in the DB position. Ravens were 5-5 five five in the red zone last week. I like the Ravens in this one at home. I'm probably going to lean towards the Bravers, and I'm going to tell you the reason why. The injuries that they the Bills have on the back end with losing Dane Jackson last week and then also yep. Micah Hyde, he's their leader. So I'm going to take the Ravens in the points. Yeah, Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen, both QBs are the respective rushing leaders for each of their teams. Ravens getting more than a field goal at home. I'll take the Ravens plus three and a half. Thanks, guys. Be sure to get Buffalo, Baltimore, and all of your NFL action at BetOnline. BetOnline, where the game starts. The Jacksonville Jaguars and their edge rushers, number one overall draft pick Trayvon Walker and pro bowler Josh Allen will visit Philadelphia to take on the undefeated and explosive Eagles offense. Through three games, Jacksonville's defense is tied for the NFL lead in both takeaways and interceptions. Now on the other side of the ball, Philly's offense leads the NFL with 447 yards per game. The Jags defense has allowed the NFL's fewest rushing yards per game, giving up just 55 yards a contest. Faces a Philadelphia backfield that leads the league with more than 158 rushing yards per game since the beginning of 2021. With more on this NFC matchup, here is Tony Wiggins from Locked on Jaguars and Louis DiBiase and Gino Camilleri from Locked on Eagles. All right, everybody, wrapping up. Crossover Thursday, one we only get every four years, taking on the AFC South Jaguars and the NFC East Philadelphia Eagles. 3-0 versus 2-1, former Super Bowl winning head coach coming back to Philadelphia. I'll start with my first prediction. He's not going to get booed. They're going to give him a standing ovation. This will be the first revenge game where they're not booing this guy. It's well-deserved, and I think at the end of this game, we're going to see two teams that are going to lead the future of the National Football League when it comes to offensive play. If he doesn't get booed, it will be the first time somebody doesn't get booed in Philly. Santa Claus, Kobe Bryant, the late Kobe Bryant, Beyonce, all of them, everybody gets booed in Philadelphia. But I would agree. I have friends that I was actually with during the preseason. They are from Philly. We were in North Carolina. And the Hall of Fame game came on, and they saw Doug Peterson, and they looked like they wanted to cry. They said, mm -hmm. that's our coach. And when you bring a championship to a team like that, um, I can understand it. I, I grew up in Washington. Philly was a rival. So I'll go all the way back to Vet Stadium. I understand the connection those people have to that team. And I also understand that the team usually, when they're good, they really personify the community and what Philly's all about. But I'm going to make another prediction. And that prediction is Jaguars going to whoop y'all ass 24-16. <laughs> and it's going to be 24-16. But I will agree with you, a hard-fought game. So here's the butt of my prediction. It's not like I don't look at them as this upstart team anymore. Mm -hmm. I've watched them play. I saw them practice. To me, the reason why I like them so much is because they're doing it in an old-fashioned, no-frills way. They're winning the line of scrimmage. They're winning the turnover margins. They're out-tackling people. They're tackling well in space. They're keeping their quarterback upright. 
and they're stopping the run and they're winning on early downs and putting you in long down and distance situations. That's just basic football, man. It, it ain't mm -hmm. like, you know, a whole bunch of tricks and flea flickers and all that. No, it's just regular stuff. It's time of possession. It's protecting the football and taking the football back from your opponent. So Newt Rockney would sit there and go, that's textbook. So when it's that real and it's that tangible and it's that by the book and professional, that's why you like the team. And it doesn't seem like a fluke. So I know, you know, everyone else looks at the Jaguars as this team that's come out of nowhere. But when they're playing football the way football people, if you got Newt Rockney and you got Vince Lombardi and Chuck Knoll and all of them put them in a huddle, the prescription that they give you is exactly what Jaguars have been doing. So that's why I think it's real. The emotion with Doug Peterson coming back to Philadelphia is a huge factor in this game. He knows how to get his guys to play in these type of moments. It's just what he does. It's what he did in Philadelphia. And you look at what Jacksonville has done. It shouldn't be a shock, like you said. They've gone out there, haven't turned the ball over much. They're getting turnovers. They're holding on to the rock. That's the same formula for the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't see this being a high-scoring matchup. I think 24-16, that gets you to around 40 points right there. I think in the end, that's, that's a pretty even score. I think it comes out to be a field goal game. The line right now on betonline.net is six and a half points in favor of the Eagles. I think the Jaguars cover. I think it's close late, and I think whoever wins this game wins it with either a fourth quarter comeback drive at the end or they win off a, a game-winning field goal. I could see it going 2017 either way. Would I be mad to lose to Doug Peterson? It'll upset me a little bit, but it will be the least of my worries when it's all said and done. It's the first AFC matchup out of conference. They went 3-0 and against their first three NFC opponents. If this is one game where it is a trap game, this would be the one in the grand scheme of the NFC where the Eagles could drop with the emotion, with the potential for James Robinson to do exactly what the Lions did week one in terms of running the football. If they revert back to what they did week one, I see the Jacksonville Jaguars winning this game. I can't bet against my birds until they prove me wrong right now. I think 2017 in the end, hard-fought game. I don't think either you or I on Monday when we do our reaction shows are going to be upset at the result. I think, like you said, Amp, this is going to be a hard-fought football game. Two teams that instilled similar cultures. They're coming off a few years removed from Doug, now with Nick Sirianni, who breeds the same thing. We're going to put players in a position to succeed, and we're going to do it the old-fashioned way. Hard fought, on the ground, offensive line beat up defensive line, get turnovers. That's football, man. That's what I want to see. I think it'll be a fun, hard fought matchup. And this was good, man. With a look at the betting lines, here's Lee Sterling from Locked on Bets. This is Lee Sterling from Locked on Bets in Paramount Sports with your bet online prediction for the game between the 3-0 Philadelphia Eagles and the 2-1 Jacksonville Jaguars. In this game, the Philadelphia Eagles are a six and a half point favorite. Now, both teams have both played Washington and Philadelphia beat Minnesota at home and Detroit on the road by three. Not real impressed with that resume. Jacksonville beat a struggling Indianapolis team at the time, 24-0. Impressive for Jacksonville and an injured LA Chargers team soundly 38 to 10. I think both teams actually are closer as far as talent and performance than we've seen in a long, long time. 
Jacksonville head coach Doug Peterson. Remember, he used to coach the Philadelphia Eagles. He returns to the scene of the crime, and I expect him to just absolutely unload his arsenal of offense on uh, this Philadelphia team, which he used to coach. And we know he's got gadget plays galore. Philadelphia's defense has faced, it looked like, three statue quarterbacks and Carson Wentz, Kirk Cousins, and Jared Goff. So Trevor Lawrence, much more mobile than those three quarterbacks here. I think this is going to be a tight game. Might go down to the wire. For that reason, I'm going to take the points here. I think Philadelphia probably still win the game 27-24, but let's take the six points in the Jacksonville Jaguars. For more, subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcasts. You know what they say, hindsight is 2020 and you can't change the past. But what if you could get a little help from your future self? Maybe you'd ask to borrow a little cash, especially in these uncertain times. Now you can with Dave. Dave is the banking app that can help get you $500 instantly with extra cash. That's more money to fill up your tank, buy a wedding gift. It's wedding season, catch up on bills, anything you need. That's what Dave is for. You can finally tackle those expenses that have been stressing you out without any hangups. So what you need to do is download the Dave app from the app store right now. That's D-A-V-E. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees do apply. Banking provided by Evolve. Member FDIC. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Green Bay Packers are 2-1 and and host the 1-2 and New England Patriots at Lambeau Field this Sunday. Green Bay is looking for its 15th consecutive regular season home win. Now, since 2000, only New England, Baltimore, and the St. Louis Rams have strung together home winning streaks that long. Rookie wideout Romeo Dobbs is quickly growing into a reliable target for Aaron Rodgers, catching all eight of his targets for 73 yards and a touchdown versus Tampa Bay in week three. While the Packers are middle of the road defensively against the run, the unit boasts the six fewest points allowed through three weeks at just 15 and also ranks seventh in total yardage allowed this season. Mike Diabate from Locked On Patriots joins Peter Bukowski from Locked On Packers to preview this Packers-Patriots showdown. Mike, why don't you go first on what you think is going to happen on Sunday, the late afternoon window on CBS. Well, again, if the New England Patriots want to have any success against the Green Bay Packers, they're going to have to try to not only stop the run, but they're also going to have to try to establish the run on offense. Either of these tasks is daunting against a team that is playing very well on both sides of the ball. The likelihood is that Brian Hoyer gets the start in place of Mac Jones. Even with Mac in the lineup, this was going to be a very tough matchup for the New England Patriots. But with a career backup that is... I think going to be a little more capable than people are giving him credit for. I still think it's going to be very tough for New England to establish their game plan. There's going to be a little bit of uncertainty and there's going to be a lot of dearth of ability to be able to contend with what Green Bay does well on both sides of the ball. Pains me to say this because this was a lot further than my initial thoughts 
on this matchup. I believed Mac to be healthy a couple of weeks ago, and this one circled on my calendar. I think ultimately New England bows to the hometown team this week, and I think they do so by a final score of 27 to 14. Right in the range that I was thinking of. So I, I you know, I, I go into these. And, you know, we're, we're buddies. So I, I, you know, I try and try and be as respectful as I can be in these situations. And I sometimes feel bad if it's a, if it's kind of a lopsided thing, if I'm going to say a double digit score, I just sort of like, no, I'm going to say this to this man's face right now. But that is like exactly the number I was thinking. Um, I I was thinking 27, 13. um, But just because I, you know, a touchdown and a pair of field goals, maybe something like that. But, I, you know, I can see maybe even a late touchdown um, making this a little bit more aesthetically pleasing than it might otherwise be. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't see how they're going to score more points than Tom Brady against yeah. this defense at home. Right. That's not in the heat. And I just I, I think the Packers get right a little bit on offense with this team um, and their issues stopping the run. It's mm-hmm. just it's going to be so tough, I think, for New England to slow down this. I mean, the, the, the Bucs have arguably the best defense in the league and they couldn't slow down the Packers offense for a half um, even kind of doing a decent job against the run the Packers with their RPO game just sort of picked them apart um, and Aaron Rodgers was playing at, at you know all pro MVP kind of levels for a half and then Todd Bowles happened now can Bill mm-hmm. Belichick do the same kind of thing is he that level of coach absolutely yes he is but he doesn't have Shaq Barrett or Devin White or Levante David or Anton Winfield Jr. There's just, I think, unfortunately, a talent difference. Like Matthew Judon is a really nice player. I think Christian Barmore has a lot of talent. Um, and, and you know, McCourty is is just like one of the classiest guys in the league, always has been, and, and is a great player. I just don't think they have the horses on the defensive side of the ball. So that is where we are, 27, yeah, 27, 13, 28, 28 maybe just, just for sake of difference, I'll say four touchdowns, 28 to 13. Okay. My final prediction, the Packers win and cover. Um, give me, just so just so I have it, like, give me the three high points. Like, the, the, this game comes down to these pair of things for you. Uh, from a Patriots perspective or just in general, yeah. are we talking? Yeah. All right. If we're talking from a Patriots perspective, if you see the name Ramondre Stevenson up on the board an awful lot gaining yardage, it might mean that the Patriots are able to make this closer. Again, it's going to be tough, but this is a kid that can change the complexity of the offense. The other thing that I think I'm looking for, if I'm a New England Patriots fan on the offensive side of the board, Hunter Henry, Jonu Smith committed an awful lot of money to these guys. Patriots have to get 12-man personnel involved, not just from a blocking scheme, but they have to get it involved from a pass-catching scheme. They need to be targets in the red zone. Maybe Brian Hoyer looks for these guys as a veteran and going back to some of that old-school 12-man personnel that the New England Patriots used to run under Josh McDaniels. And lastly, from a defensive standpoint, you're absolutely right. You hit the nail on the head. Matthew Judon, Christian Barmore working in tandem. If Barmore can get the double team from the offensive line, that frees up Matthew Judon. We saw that happen a little bit on Sunday against the Baltimore Ravens, and Judon was able to get home at one point against Lamar Jackson. Can he do so on Sunday? Those three high points could switch our predictions a little bit, but again, it's a daunting task for New England going in there. I'm being the eternal optimist here and hoping that at least one of these can come true. I, what's interesting is I, I think the the sort of mirror image of this is true for Green Bay. If they can stop the run effectively, it's going to be really hard. If Green Bay stops the run effectively, it's just going to be so hard for the Patriots to move the ball. They just don't have the receivers. You, you hope that Joe Barry does not play passive against a backup quarterback. This was this was something that that we haven't talked about yet 
Mike, and, and for your listeners, something that they may not have known happened last year for the Packers. They were excellent against the primetime QBs, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, Joe Burrow, Matthew Stafford. It was the, the weeks that they played Baker Mayfield and Tyler Huntley that they let up a little bit. They played a little bit passive. They played a lot of two shell and said, if you want to run, run. We're not going to give you the big play. Right. If they do that this week, that's going to be playing right into the Patriots' hands, and this is going to be a much closer game than it probably should be now against the, mm. the, the Bears. In week two, Joe Barry said, we're not doing that. Um, here's, here's a lot more cover one. Here's a lot more eight guys in the box and we're going to commit to stopping the run. Another great stat is you, you mentioned some of the, the running game issues that the Packers have had. They gave up 180 yards rushing to the bears in week two. That seems like a lot, right? 104 of those yards. Yes. 104 of them came on one drive that featured a sack and a false start penalty. When the game was out of reach, the Packers were in nickel. The bears stayed in 12 and ran the ball down the field. That game was over. So it's just one of those things where like sometimes the numbers can be misleading. But again, the Packers need to run the ball or they need to stop the run. And then if they run the ball, they're going to be effective because I, this, this um, secondary and pass rush, I just don't see them being able to be effective. Even the Buccaneers pass rush was not particularly effective against Aaron Rodgers. Um, so I, I think that's this game comes down to the trenches and the Packers are just better in the trenches right now. And that ends up being the difference. Now with a look at the betting lines, let's check in with Lee Sterling and Locked on Bets. This is Lee Sterling from Locked on Bets and Paramount Sports with your bet online prediction for the game between the Green Bay Packers at home laying nine and a half points against the New England Patriots. Now, 36-year-old Brian Hoyer is going to step in for injured quarterback Mac Jones in this game. Green Bay, <laughs> boy, are they tough at home. They've won 14 straight games, and their running game is clicking. Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, who I think are the best one-two combination running right now in the NFL, have combined for 355 rushing yards in their three games. I just don't think you're going to get many more chances here to go against quarterbacks like Brian Hoyer, Joe Flacco, and Carson Wentz. So take advantage of it here. Sometimes you got to lay it if you want to play it. Green Bay, easy here. 31-13 over a New England team. Just hasn't shown me much yet on offense or defense. For more, subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcasts. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your football betting info this season. You can find all of the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, in-depth articles, and analysis on every game you want. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online, where the game starts. What's up? Oh, I'm just compiling all the top sports scores, news, and odds so I can make the very best picks. Me too. BetOnline.net. Get into the action anytime, anywhere at BetOnline.net. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting 
shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. The LA Rams visit the San Francisco 49ers on Monday night football this week. These two teams have combined to represent the NFC in three of the last four Super Bowls. Late last season, the team split a pair of significant games, the 49ers winning an overtime season finale at SoFi Stadium 27-24 to clinch a playoff berth, and the Rams winning the NFC Championship game 2017 to clinch their Super Bowl berth. Jimmy G will try to wash away that embarrassment of backing out the end zone for a touchback last week against a Rams defense that on paper has plenty of high-end talent. Yet that same defense has given up 27 or more points in two of its first three games. Travis Rogers from Locked on Rams and Brian Peacock from Locked on 49ers break down this game for us. You know, the the Rams have not played a a good-looking game yet. They got torched on opening night, and they survived against Atlanta, and they were better against Arizona. But this is it's kind of interesting because – the matchup with the 49ers is that one that the Rams can't seem to quite get figured out. The matchup with the Cardinals is the one that no matter what they do, it works. You know, they, they, everything that they try against Arizona seems to be pretty successful. Um, you go back to last season when that Monday night game where they had a COVID outbreak hours before the game, they missed, I think it was six starters or something like that. And they still went out there and ran up and down the field on them. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know if if Aaron Donald is getting the credit that he's deserved so far. He hasn't put up a bunch of big numbers. He hasn't gotten a bunch of sacks. There haven't been a bunch of those sports center plays, so to speak, but he's been really, really good. Like he's been he's been Aaron Donald. Maybe not as far as getting to the quarterback, but you know, he's doubled and, and sometimes tripled and he's just getting absolutely um He's winning nearly every snap. He's he's been something else. But I, I hope you're right, Peacock. I hope that he does have a an opportunity to put up some big numbers this weekend because we haven't seen the numbers yet, despite how well he's played. It's really weird because Daniel Bransko against everyone else, he's fairly pedestrian, like not terrible, but just not like, oh man, look at Daniel Bransko, look how good he is. But then he gets in front of Aaron Donald, and I don't know, just something where he gets up for it. Maybe it's this level of confidence <laughs> that he has against Aaron Donald, which I don't know how you can do that because the dude's built like an action figure, and you see him throw <laughs> guys around everywhere on the field, and then all of a sudden Daniel Bronsko gets in front of him and can't do anything. Really, really weird. But uh, that's definitely going to be a key for the 49ers, slowing him down. And right now, when you look at the interior offensive line of the Niners, you have a rookie right guard out of UTS, UTSA who was – uh, originally a tackle. Well, he was a guard, then tackle last couple years, then now guard for the 49ers, but he's a rookie. Then you got left guard, Aaron Banks, who this is his first time playing any meaningful meaningful snaps. Uh, and this is his second year. So can those guys get it together? Because there definitely was some miscommunication going on against the Denver Broncos that maybe made life a little bit more difficult for Jimmy Garoppolo. All right, so can't how do those guys do against a front from the Rams that can really get to it. And you talked about Aaron Donald maybe not putting up a whole lot of stats. 
What about the guys outside of him? How have they been kind of tormenting quarterbacks, getting to the passers, stopping the run, doing those type of things? They were better last week than they were previously. Um, we, we were talking about that on the pregame show I do with uh, with Kirk Morrison, and he he was talking about how he wanted to see some pressure from somebody not named Aaron Donald or Bobby Wagner. Somebody else get some pressure on that quarterback. They were better last week. We saw Greg Gaines um, get a couple of pressures along the way. We saw um Terrell Lewis get to the quarterback once we've seen Justin Hollins make some plays so it's been better but really it's been Donald and Wagner and that's kind of the two guys that have been able to do it um Ashawn Robinson's been pretty good and like you were talking about Croc if, if the Niners are having trouble in the middle of that offensive line that's where Aaron Donald can absolutely ruin your night because if he can get that pressure coming right at your face right in the middle of that line there's not a lot of places to go um, that, 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 that's good news for the Rams and maybe not great news for the Niners. Yeah. Potential for some stars to shine on Monday night in prime time with Aaron Donald. And then of course, Nick Bosa on the other mm -hmm. side, if you can take advantage of that Los Angeles Rams offensive line. Um, we got to make some predictions here. Travis, I'll let you go first. Croc, you can make your prediction today and I'll do mine tomorrow. Were you surprised to see the 49ers favored in this game, Travis? I think it was two points. I think it's down to about one and a half points at home that the 49ers are favored Monday. Night. No, quite frankly, because I, I think that what we've been talking about is fairly well known and that, that the Rams do not play well against San Francisco. That And, and, and it's not just this, even when they do play well, they find a way to kind of let something slip away. You go back to week 18 last year, last game of the season. It's a got to have it for the Niners to get in. The Rams are, they need to have it to be the number two seed overall. And, and I thought it was one of the few times where the, the Rams had outplayed San Francisco for the vast majority of the game. And they still found a way to let that thing go away. This goes back to what we were talking about a minute ago. Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, Sean McVay did that thing. Okay, I, I'm going to have you go 80 yards with a minute to go and no timeouts. Show me. And he did. I mean, it's just there's there's something about matchups like you were talking about with with Donald that even though maybe one guy has more you know talent or one team has more talent or a piece of paper, matchups are a huge part of the NFL. There's a bad matchup for the Rams. It's been a bad matchup for them for the last couple of years. So I'm not surprised that they're favored. I, I think your your guys are right. I think it's a it's a low scoring game. I think it's probably somewhere in that you know 24 to 20 range, maybe 23 to 17, something like that. Um, I, I'll take the Rams in it because I think that there is a little bit of something about finally beating Big Brother. That when you do, it's like, aha, now I know how to do that. Um, but that might be a little bit more with my uh, my heart than my head. Croc, how do you see this one going? Man, you know, every week so far, I've picked the 49ers to win. And at some point, I have to start to think like, all right, is, is this team what they've shown so far? Which a team that's very inconsistent uh, with scoring points offensively. I think the defense will come out. I think they'll play very well. And I think that's what's going to give the 49ers a chance. But right now, I don't have a whole lot of confidence in the 49ers offense. Who's going to run the rock for them and be that consistent, explosive guy? Last week it was Jeff Wilson. He did a terrific job. Can he follow that up and have another terrific game? I'm, I'm not quite sure. Can the 49ers passing game finally get going? I think I looked and saw maybe the 49ers like 30th in the offense right now when you have like uh, number one or number two defense in the NFL. The offense isn't playing good complementary football. So uh, this might be a first, but I'm actually going to have to pick against the 49ers, and maybe I'm kind of reverse jinxing this whole thing. But I would <laughs> I say Rams 23-20, I think 49ers defense have played well. Now, I think the 49ers can't win for sure. Uh, defense is strong and I just feel like man the offense can't play bad every single week but 
I have to go off of what they show me offensively right now and kind of struggle a little bit to move the rock. Bet Online has the coverage lines ahead of this matchup. This is Bet Online All Access. It's a rematch of last year's NFC Championship game. Here's Drew Butler, Anthony Becht, and Jonathan Casillas. The Los Angeles Rams heading up north to take on the San Francisco 49ers. Anthony, the 49ers are two and a half point favorites. Everything I look and study about this game makes me love the Rams. Uh, you got Trent Williams out for the 49ers, but guess where I'm going, guys? I'm going with the 49ers in this game. I don't know why, but there's something fishy about this line. I like the 49ers defense. I just think without Trent Williams, like, like Anthony said, Jimmy G being boring, I just think the Rams are going to be able to take this one. Everything would say, why on earth are the 49ers favor over the Los Angeles Rams? Well, for that reason, this line stinks. I'll go with the 49ers at home in prime time. Give up those two and a half points. Thanks, guys. Be sure to get Rams, 49ers, and all of your NFL action at Bet Online. Bet Online, where the game starts. Week four will also bring a Super Bowl rematch from two years ago. That's as Tom Brady and the Bucks host Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs at Raymond James Stadium. Kansas City comes in off a shocking loss to the Colts, while Tampa looks to shake off a home loss of its own to the Green Bay Packers. Ryan Tracy and Chris Clark from Locked on Chiefs join James Yarcho and David Harrison from Locked on Bucks for this matchup preview. Chris Clark and David Harrison here with you. Now we're going to tell you who is going to win this game. Chris, Chiefs on the road. Patrick Mahomes bringing Travis Kelsey upset about losing to the Indianapolis Colts, to say the least, in to face Tom Brady. And uh, whichever receivers he has on the field, 8.20 p.m. Eastern time, Sunday night football, where we're going to wait all weekend for it. Who wins and by what score? Uh, you know, I, I know people are going to say I'm being a homer here. I think Kansas City wins. I think that they got embarrassed on Sunday, and I don't think that they're going to take that lightly. I think that's part of it. And I do think that they weren't necessarily prepared. They overlooked a Colts team uh, that they shouldn't have overlooked. And I think that that is going to play into this game. I'm not going to say it's going to be a high-scoring game because I think the Chiefs' defense is better than they're getting credit for in some instances. Uh, in all reality, to me, they didn't give up that first touchdown. When you give the team the ball on the four-yard line, I'm sorry, yeah. you can't pin that on the defense. Right. Um, that's that's not defensive points. So, to me, I think Kansas City's defense is better, so I think that that's going to help. I'm not going to say they're better than the Bucks. I'm just saying they're better than they have been in the past. Uh, and, and then you look at the offense. I think it's, they are continuing trying to get Juju involved. They're trying to get MVS involved. And a lot of people forget that on the first drive Kansas City had, Mahomes missed MBS on a deep ball. If he hits him, that game goes completely differently, and they're probably 3-0 and at this point. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he missed it, and he's done that a couple of times this season, in the preseason and now in the regular season. Eventually, they're going to get that down. I don't know that it's going to be this week, but I still think that this offense is going to put up at least 25, maybe 27 points. Uh, so I'm going to go 27 Probably 27-20, Kansas City. All right, 27-20, Kansas City Chiefs winning this one. Look, this is a this is a battle of two teams who both feel like they should be 3-0 and both have evidence on the tape of why they should be 3-0, right? Both these teams feel like they left a W on the field the last time they were out there looking to make up for it this week with a big win over a playoff contender, a Super Bowl uh, contender as well. And look, you mentioned not necessarily saying the Chiefs are better than the Buccaneers. You don't got to be better than them generally. You got to be better than them this week. And for the Buccaneers, there's a lot of wounded ducks out there in the wide receiver room. But only one of these teams, Chris, is getting a number one receiver back on the field looking for vengeance. And that is Mike Evans. Doesn't feel like he should have been suspended. 
probably feels like if he was out there on the field against Green Bay Packers, they come away with that win. So he's looking to show that he is what everybody thinks that the Buccaneers were missing last week. I still don't think it's a high-scoring affair. In fact, you actually have it higher scoring than I do, but I do think Mike Evans is the difference. Uh, the Buccaneers cover the spread because, I mean, you almost kind of have to in a one-point spread, right? Buccaneers 24, Chiefs 21. I think both offenses are going a little bit, but the defense is kind of story. But look, to your point, I mean, honestly, when we're talking about this game, there is one unit outside the special teams, because let's be honest, unless you have Devin Hester, nobody's really talking about special teams, right? But nobody's really talking about the Chiefs defense as being the catalyst for why one of these teams is going to win this game. So, hey, maybe those guys are sitting in the locker room and say, hey, guys, we play football, too, and we're going to come show you why we're uh, why we're impactful. But either way, we have both both of these teams. Basically, if you want to bet Chiefs, you can take them against the spread. If you want to bet Bucks, you can take them with the points. That's what we think is going to happen. So recapping this crossover Thursday episode for me, the biggest story in this game has to be the overusage of Leonard Fournette so far this season and whether or not that's going to continue. And if it's not going to continue, how those backup running backs are going to do. And then the Buccaneers passing offense getting in the way of itself when they do move the ball, they don't score. When they don't score, sometimes they don't even move the ball. And then the receivers, when they do get great passes from Tom Brady, they're leaving them on the field for the other team. And Chris, I've got the Buccaneers three-point win, 24-21 over the Chiefs. Yeah, and my big story is, is still Kansas City's loss to the Colts, and I think them overlooking a, a great scenario of being 3-0 to this point. Uh, I would have taken 2-1 and one if they would have lost to the Chargers, but to the Colts, it just doesn't really fit. Uh, and honestly, my biggest takeaway and matchup in this game is going to be the offensive line of Tampa Bay versus the Kansas City defensive line. If Kansas City can create any kind of pressure that's really going to help their defense. And I agree with you. I think that Mike Evans is going to be out there looking for vengeance. I completely agree that I think he could be a big part of this game plan. But if you're Kansas City, you have to know that going in and you have to have a plan for it. Now, whether or not you can make that plan successful is going to be another story. And I think that's going to be a great storyline in this game. And again, yeah, I have the Chiefs 27, the Buccaneers 20. Week four in the NFL might not clean up the congestion, but it will sure offer plenty of excitement and upsets along the way. Each and every week, we'll continue to bring you all of the insight and analysis from across our Locked On Network. I'm Jordan Black, and this has been NFL Key Predictions. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.